Hello. Welcome to Cheese the Day, the official cheese cast of the North Coast Co-op. Brought to you by Ham and Hubbardy Sandwiches. My name is Veronica. I'm the cheese department head at our Arcata location, and I'm here with my fellow cheese nerd. I'm Thomas. I'm the cheese department head at our Eureka location. I don't know why I wasn't ready for you to ask me that question. <laughs> we have a script for this part. We have a script for this part. <laughs> Sorry. Well, let's just retake yeah, that part. Uh, uh, we'll fix it in post. We Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. What, are, what are we talking about today? Okay. So we're, we're going to talk about cheese history again today. And this one was not something that I set out to learn about. I was like, I want to learn about a cheese history. Let's just Google a random cheese. And I literally Googled the first cheese that came into my head. And wowee, it paid off, Veronica. It always does. History is the gift that keeps on giving. Havarti is cool, folks. Oh, I hadn't I hadn't said Havarti yet. I was I was leaving them. On I the made edge the of their joke, seat. I'm sure they did. You did deduced. make the joke. It's brought to, it, what if it was ham that I was gonna talk about? <laughs> no. Uh, we day. are talking about We're Havarti. Talking about ham. The history of Havarti, which is a story about True love, one woman's quest to take out the patriarchy, one cheese at a time. Really? Yeah. No, this this story is is real. This story has ups and downs, uh, mostly downs, unfortunately, because it's the story of fighting the patriarchy in the 1800s, which was a rough time to be doing it. Wow. So Havarti yeah. is attributed to being invented by... Hannah Ann Margaret Nielsen, a Danish woman who lived in the mid-1800s, in Denmark, obviously. She was born, originally she was born Johanna Ann Margaret Jacob's daughter, possibly the most Danish last name that's ever existed. <laughs> I, I love that naming convention. I think that's another thing that I would like to bring back here. I want all of my descendants to be named after me in their last name, but named after my first name, like Thomas's Thomas son, Thomas daughter, you know, yeah. Yeah. Get that, get that Viking naming convention going again. But Hannah, I, it, so it looks like her name at first I thought it was Johan because it's spelled J O H A N N E. I've never seen Johan spelled that way. Jo- Joanna. It's it's Joanna. Yeah. But it's Danish, so it's Johanna. Johanna. Yeah, yeah. Johanna. This woman was was born in a dairy farming community. She was born very close to the farm that she would eventually move to and live her entire life at, basically. She lived her most of her life in a tiny area. As you do, you know, with, with traditional agriculture, it's, it's very much one of those like, oh, this is the town I live in. This, there's farms around it. I'm going to marry a local farmer, which she did. His last name was Nielsen. And that's pretty much all that matters because the important person in this story is Hannah. Uh, however, she, she didn't want to live that small town life. Everybody made milk in this area, there were a lot of dairy farmers and you're a dairy farmer. You can sell the milk as is, or you can make butter and cheese out of it and make a little bit more money. So she wasn't satisfied selling milk. She was like, we're going to make some butter and cheese, which she did. And she was immediately financially successful doing this. I should say 
she made a perfectly good living selling butter and cheese and was very good at it. But she was making a style of butter and cheeses that she felt like any of the farm wives around her could make these same cheeses and butter. This is what everybody here is doing. She was like, you know what? I'm going, I'm going abroad. And she went on cheese journeys. She traveled extensively learning how to make cheese in all over Denmark, Norway, Sweden, Mm. France, and even England. She learned how to make cheddar with Joseph Harding, the father of cheddar, who was alive during the same time. So she was like, hey, he is credited with inventing the most like scientific standardized process for making cheeses. He was like cutting edge cheese making. So she went and just found great teachers and she was like, okay, Joseph Harding, you tell me how to make cheddar. And she took all of this knowledge back to Denmark to her tiny farm, which I should say, this is one of the best part. Her, her farm's name that she had with her husband, whose name was Hans. I, I should say Hans Nielsen. He gets a mention. He's kind of important, but this is all about (laughs) Hannah. She's the one who learned how to make the cheese. She's the one who was running the accounts for the farm and involved in like selling and marketing everything. And she goes back to her farm, which was called Havarti (laughs) guard or later Havarti guard seems to be like the Danish version. Mm -hmm. There's also Havarti garden which seems to be like a Germanization of it. And it kind of depends, you know, there's, there's a lot going on here linguistically in Denmark, I gather at the time uh, between the Danish language and the German language. So it kind of depends which sources you're reading. She was born in 1829 and she comes back to her farm and starts making cheese. So many different cheeses and the original, some sources credit the original Havarti as a, washed rind cheese that she was making at her farm using techniques she learned abroad. Other people refer to it as a washed curd cheese, which that sounds like cheddar. Yeah. I could see cheddaring as a thing. And certainly she'd learned, she'd learned about basically every cheese making process there is. She knew how to make brie and camembert. She learned how to make Roquefort in France. She, she knows how to make all the, she's, she's master of cheese at this point. Hannah has become the master of cheese mm. and she starts making all these cheese and has just explosive financial success. She's also the one running. She's, she's the accountant for their farm. What does I, her honestly, husband do? I'm an, exactly. I was reading this story and I was like, what are you doing, Hans? Pull your weight. <laughs> what? Like, where are you in this partnership? Do Basically, they have kids and he's doing the stay-at-home I dad thing? I assume he was doing farming stuff. Maybe he's managing the pastures? And yeah, then... I assume so. At the time, it was pretty common for the, the women working on farms to handle the money. And weirdly, that goes all That's the way back very to like ancient thing. Norse times. Yeah, yeah the women yeah. handle the money. The men handle presumably making the money, although in this case, not so much because... As we've learned, like Hannah's a genius. Let's just let's just start right there. She's she's revolutionized cheese making and dairy farming in the area. She's 
going and getting through, it through yeah. being being self-educated. I mean, she she did seek out these teachers, but she she had to say like, "Hey, I'm not really happy with the cheese I'm making. Let's figure out how to do this. How do I do that? Oh, I'm just going to write letters to other people and find out who's making great cheese and and go from there." And before you know it, she's like, you know, a 19th century jet setter trotting all over the world, rubbing elbows with the big names of cheese in her day. And this is where, of course, the patriarchy comes in with his jackboots. Hmm. And so she's writing papers and publishing them on how to do this. She's giving lectures. She starts a cheesemaking school at her farm. And wow, she this sounds very get... 21st century. It sounds incredibly <laughs> 21st century. But no, she, she was ahead of her time. So the so she's doing all these fabulous things and yes building up a, a reputation and calling attention to herself yes which is when oh. she starts to gain the attention of other let's call them danish agricultural tycoons and they oh. have a danish agricultural society the royal danish agricultural society oh which is a boys club and they went as far as to award her several awards for her innovation, but they would never extend her an invitation to join. Or her husband, Hans, I should say. Like, I don't know if they offered to let her husband join, but again, what are you doing, Hans? What are you bringing to the table? <laughs> where, where are you in this story, aside from, oh, she married him, and that's where he exits the picture. Like, he's just off milking cows. I like, you know, I like to imagine that he was at least supportive of her ambitions because. I mean, he must that have would been. help in her running a cheese school. Maybe he was a quiet guy, and he was just really happy tending the cows and making sure the fences are good, and yeah, moving moving cattle amongst pastures. Quiet and Hans at home milking the cows. Maybe <laughs> while she's off. Writing letters. Conquering the cheese world. Conquering the cheese world. Or trying to conquer the cheese world. They, the Royal Agricultural Society, Royal Danish Agricultural Society, I should say, they didn't want to admit her. And she was friends with many of their members. Friends, in air quotes. Mm -hmm. Although, how good of friends they were is is up for debate. There's There's a letter we have, which one of her friends, again, air quotes, wrote her. Oh, we have a letter. Denying her his help in trying to join. And he basically says, one of the other members still doesn't think women belong at the meetings, so. And we all have to agree, so. Yeah. We all have to agree for some reason. I don't know why that should be. But the letter kind of concludes, kindly, do not intrude which is the name of a fantastic paper called A Danish Perspective on Gender and Class in the 19th Century Dairying, Do Not Intrude. This woman is kind of famous in agrarian gender politics in Denmark, I learned. Oh. There's a ton of books that have been written about her because she's clearly incredibly qualified, not just in cheesemaking, but like just in the business world in general. She wrote she wrote a lot of papers on accounting, which the Royal Dairy, or sorry, the Royal Danish Agriculture Society 
basically stole. And didn't I mean, give they, her credit they for did her, credit yeah. her, but they credit her in such a backhanded way that it was ridiculous. They the last took page her methods, in small print, published them under one of their members' names, credit her as the creator, but in a sentence that was basically like, we don't think women make real accountants. Like, accounting done by women can't really be trusted. That said, here's an accounting process that was invented by this woman who's not a member of our society, despite repeated requests for entry. And this is, this is one of those things where this agricultural society controlled a huge part of the market. And she was not she wasn't just a small time cheesemaker. She immediately shot to like the top of the agricultural industry in her era and was trying to break through that glass ceiling. And it sounds like never really did because the people who were in charge of controlling those opportunities kept basically felt like Bob didn't want girls at the meeting. So she's not allowed. Can't break that glass ceiling. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's a sad Sad tale. However, and an inspiring one also. And an inspiring one. And, you know, it's a tale that, you know, I think a lot of people relate to. Maybe this is an anger-inspiring episode. But, yeah, we're yeah. going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors, and then we'll cover, cover the rest of the story and, and talk about Havarti more generally. All right. All right. Cheese the Day is the official cheese cast of North Coast Co-op, your local, member-owned grocery co-op where everyone is welcome. Hi, Thomas here. You've been listening to our podcast for a while now, and maybe you're ready to take this commitment to the next level. Maybe you're ready to sign up for our cheese email list. Here's why I think you should. First of all, and this is like really kind of the best reason. When you sign up, we're going to give you a 50% off coupon for Cypress Grove Chev. Not like a little disc of it, the whole log, like a whole log of Cypress Grove Chev for 50% off. You can take it home and put Chev on like all kinds of things. It's great. Second of all, we're not going to spam your email address or sell your information. All we're going to do is every time we release an episode, we're going to send you a little email. It'll have a coupon in there. Maybe it'll have a little article in there about uh, something related to the episode or a fun topic. Cheese-related news, essentially. And you're already here listening to a dedicated cheese podcast put out by a local grocery co-op. So, like, we think you're the right audience for our cheese email list because it's a cheese email list put out by us. Sign up. Northcoast.coop slash cheese. Tell your friends. And we're back. And we're back. Okay. So, Hannah. Hannah Nielsen. Formerly Hannah Jakob's daughter. Or Johanna Anna Margaret Jakob's daughter. Which is a name that I cannot stop reading out loud. <laughs> because it's just it doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. But it's just... It's like, what a name. There's a lot of name there. A whole lot of name. There's it's got Anna in there. there twice. All right. So she 
fought that fought the good fight against the Royal Danish Agricultural Society, uh, as far as I can tell, her entire life. And, and she was never admitted. Did receive many other accolades. She made cheese for King Christian the Ninth of Denmark, specifically. It was commissioned by him. Her butter was served at royal dinners for the royal family. Uh, she had a lot of success. And, you know, for a small town dairy farmer, she, she achieved a lot more success than than certainly a lot of the other farm wives in the region, but never quite the success that I think she was due. I think you'd agree. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I. Well, dang. I'll get. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, I feel like, do you want, do you want, do you need to vent any anger at the uh, you, situation? You don't want right to hear now? me venting <laughs> anger over our podcast. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> don't go there. That's fair. Is Havarti the most popular, famous cheese that that she made is well she, which cheese is she most popular for making she's the most famous certainly in connection with havarti i think mm -hmm. or just the dairy industry in general but as far as cheeses go havarti is the ones that connected is the one that's connected with her name the most and that's kind of controversial because for example the oxford companion to cheese says she invented it havarti mm -hmm. is her creation the Danish, or rather, the Dansk Biographisks Lexicon, which is difficult to pronounce, but mm -hmm. luckily kind of says what it means also in English. That says that Havarti is not based on her cheese making and is a later invention based on the German Tilsit, which I can kind of see where they're going for there. And it became connected to her because after her death, they started marketing it with her name attached because she kind of was famous for making it i guess she did make that style of cheese which came to be known as havarti she did make that and made a version of it covered in paprika for the king so yeah but who whether or not she invented it if, but exactly but the sourcing of is who the, gets to make those calls is like oh it's the society mm -hmm. that refused to admit her is it the royal <laughs> danish agricultural society who were quoted in dansk biographisk lexicon yeah because i don't know we used to carry tilsit in the arcata store mm -hmm. and on basic texture appearance at least for the paste of the cheese i can see the the relationship with havarti yeah but tilts it's stanky she it's seems to have made a, a bunch of different styles of cheese well just based on how much she traveled and learned all kinds of cheese yeah. making techniques and learned how to make so many different kinds of cheese i could see and she was definitely she she brought all of that knowledge back, but there was definitely like a research and development phase when it came to Havarti. We've got a lot of information about her, like, let's try it with more cream. Let's try it with this. Let's try additives. And she mm -hmm. was she was doing a lot of cheese experimenting in, yeah. on her little farm. And this farm, I at one point, I think she was making cheese from a couple of goats and 14 cows. And she turned that into a cheese school, which was revolutionary. And when I say revolutionary, I mean, like th she had the biggest impact, I think 
of any individual cheesemaker on Danish cheese. In 1902, a survey of every human who had been educated in cheese, had received any education Mm -hmm. in Denmark, every single one of them, 100%, had received at least some of their education from her. So there were other people educating, but she certainly seems to have had the lion's share of influence of influence and education. And I think at the height of her school's populator, she had a thousand students on her farm, essentially, with I assume she had more than 14 cows at that point. But rotating through and sharing in the milking of the cows. Share come come learn how to make cheese. And it's that's kind of how we still do cheese education today. Like that's a really common educational experience is like come to the farm, hands-on experience at the dairy. Touch it, see it, smell it, make it. Yeah. Yeah. I want to do some of that. There's some debate about whether or not she actually invented Havarti or not. So that, you know, we may never know. On the one hand, do we trust the Oxford English source or the original Danish sources? Although it sounds like some of the original Danish sources were biased. Very biased, to say the least. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will say the Rudersdal Museum in Denmark is now on my must-visit list mm-hmm. because they have a permanent exhibition concerning her and her cheesemaking development. The exhibits include her hand-cranked butter churn, which she used until steam-powered centrifuges were available. So she went from, like, the most peasant adjacent version of a dairy farmer to educating thousands of Danish cheesemakers and shaping the future of the Danish dairy industry. Yeah. Yeah, Joanna. A single lifetime in the mid 1800s in rural Denmark during a time when opportunity was, let's say lacking for half of the population. That's really cool. It's I'm, incredibly cool. I'm so glad that you thought of Harvardi first to yeah. search for I discovered cheese a cheese hero that I never knew about. So cool. So cool. Ah. We sell Havarti. Come we get do. your Havarti. It's Danish Havarti. It's Danish Havarti. Yes. I've got... Uh, I have Creamy and the Dill. Yeah. I switched to Castello, which is still Danish, but... It Mm -hmm. lets me have all three, and I've got the creamy, the Danish, and the jalapeno, which is quickly becoming my favorite one, because jalapeno is so creamy, and or sorry, Havarti is so creamy, and with the jalapenos in there, I feel like it plays really nicely together. Mm. It's just mm, so good. It's always good. It's a great snacking cheese or sandwich cheese. Put it in a ham sandwich. Mm. Yeah. And it's soft enough that you can just like pinch little bits off of it. And it melts nicely. Ah. Yeah. Can you tell we're really hungry at this point in the episode? I, I am hungry. We always talk about how we're hungry during the episodes. It's because it, you know, we record these after lunch, but like you sit here and you talk about really good cheeses for a little while and it just gets you. It just gets you. <laughs> so if that's the end of the episode, please, if you are in Denmark or anywhere in driving distance of Denmark, because, you know, it's really easy to get around in Northern Europe. Yeah. Go to the Reuters Doll Museum. Check out that exhibit. 
or uh, you know, the Wikipedia article for this uh, page is is how I initially got into it. But they have some fantastic references, including uh, you know a lot of uh, PDFs that are available. She was reading through reading through the available material. She was a cheesemaker, a farmer, an academic, and yeah, is a really cool heroic figure in cheesemaking and also just, you know, in fighting cultural norms of her day and a really cool person to learn about. I really enjoyed it. And I hope you do too. I did. I did. I mean, I hope the folks at home do. Well, that concludes today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this story as much as I did. If you're interested in Havarti, or butter for that matter, you know, I feel like Havarti's the famous one, but she did make quite a bit of butter as well and uh, pioneered some butter making processes. So, yeah, you can get butter or Havarti at either of our stores located at 811 I Street in Arcata or 25 4th Street in Eureka. <laughs> Please follow North Coast Co op on Facebook and Instagram. Veronica's laughing at me for how clunky that uh, segue was. But you know what? I don't care. I'm just sitting here in awe of Johanna Anna Margaret Nielsen, formerly Jakob's daughter, who I think, if she were alive today, clunky segue incoming, would definitely follow us on Facebook or Instagram or visit us at northcoast.coop. That's C-O-O-P. If you want more cheese content like this, want to know when our podcast episodes are coming out, or just want, frankly, a pretty awesome coupon on some cheese, you can sign up for our cheese email list at northcoast.coop slash cheese. I think regular listeners of our podcast are familiar with our outro spiel, and I don't need to belabor the point. However, our cheese email list is going to be a really good way for you guys to connect with us and hear about upcoming events. We're definitely not going to spam you. If anything, we don't send out emails often enough. You could email us and you make could suggestions email us. and ask questions to you know help what? prompt. Please email episodes. us. Tell us what you're thinking. You out there, you you can help shape the future of our podcast. You could be the next cheese hero, standing up and changing the dairy industry for the better and making it more inclusive. Fighting that good fight. Please email us and tell us how we can help. Or just, you know, ask us how to melt cheese or which cheese you'd put in an apple pie. Those questions are welcome, too. Or just tell us what cheese you're enjoying eating recently. Let's go eat cheese. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>